I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get it, it, it on. Here's your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Mo Moten, Scott Branson with you. We are talking Raiders football. Again, if you haven't subscribed, do us a favor. Go subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And, of course, I like to listen on the cool Odyssey app, uh, which is free, and you can check it out. You can check out sports from all over the country. So I know you're all Raider Nation and you live and die with the Raiders, but I'm sure you have a football, another, uh, excuse me, uh, basketball team or a baseball team, whatever it may be. Check out the great content on the Odyssey app. All right, Mo is back with me now. And Mo, you know, we talk about, we're going to get a lot as we go lead up to camp next week. We're going to talk a lot about Raider, the Raiders, where they're at, what we need to learn about them. And one of the things that is without a doubt, you and I started talking about early last season before it was popular, not to give us too much credit, but I will, um, the offensive line. We were, we were concerned with it last year. It certainly bore out that the offensive line was, was not where it needed to be last year for the Raiders. It played well at times, but the 2021 season, when you look at the Raiders offensive line, what it did, what it, what didn't do excuse me uh what was what was really the issue there what did you see and how would you evaluate the job they did uh for the Raiders who made the playoffs but certainly struggled along the way man where do I start as you said (laughs) as you said last year on this time we were the ones who were saying the Raiders offensive line could be a problem and people said no we we got younger we got cheaper we're going to be a lot better and what did we say just because you get younger and cheaper doesn't mean you necessarily get better now, good thing it didn't derail the Raiders' season. They were still able to go 10-7 and to make the playoffs. But there were a lot of issues there, and I, and I believe it all started with injuries. Uh, Richie Incognito, who played well in his first year at the Raiders, wasn't able to play at all. We also said we didn't think Incognito would play a game in 2021. He didn't. He had a setback. He had an injury with his calf, I believe, his ankle uh, against the Rams in a joint practice, and he had a setback. So he wasn't able to play, and that thrust John Simpson into a starting role, perhaps before he was ready to start. 
Alice Leatherwood gets moved from right tackle to right guard after week four. Jermaine Illuminar is benched. Of course, Leatherwood is moved to right guard because Denzel Good Torres ACL <laughs> plays into the first game against the Baltimore Ravens. So here you have your starting guards are out. You have to move your rookie tackle to right guard so he's not completely comfortable in his new position. You're benching a veteran guard to move your right to move your rookie over. And then you have Brandon Parker, who we know has been a turnstile start at right tackle. So <laughs> just a host of problems. And meanwhile, you have Andre James learning on the job at center. So yes. there's just a lot going on there. But to me, the, the biggest problems that stuck out to me were obviously pass protection was atrocious and the penalties. Leatherwood, 16 penalties. John Simpson, 11 penalties. Parker, 10 penalties. That's three offensive linemen with at least 10. And then James had eight. So not only are you allowing edge rushers and pass rushers to get to your quarterback, but you're also getting penalized, which cancel good plays on the offensive side of the ball. So a lot to clean up this year. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and you saw flashes. You know, you saw some games where you said, boy, this line's playing well. Maybe they're going to pick it up because we've seen that, right, where injury creates opportunity. Guys jump in and suddenly they surprise the heck out of you. And there were games like that. But certainly along the way, there were also there was kind of the one step forward, two step backs, uh, two, two step back approach uh, mm -hmm. throughout the season, which, you know, I know it was tough because the Raiders had opportunities or they were in games that they could have won, perhaps, uh, especially with the penalties. You talked about the penalties. They were just a killer at, at, at very crucial times, too. You're not just talking about the totality of penalties, but when they occurred really hurt this team last year. When you look at that unit, uh, Mo, from 2021, uh, you talked about Andre James, who plays, gets the contract, plays center, starts to come along. But was he the most improved that you saw last year? Or who did you think improved the most of that unit who comes back in 2022? Man, I say it's close between him and John Simpson because they both improved during the you know, as the season was going on. Now they start off, both start off kind of rocky uh, in pass protection, but they both improved in different ways. John Simpson didn't give up a sack after week 13, gave up five pressures against Cleveland, but for the most part, he cleaned up his pass protection. It was his penalties that kept hurting him. Uh, Andre James is the complete opposite. He only committed one penalty after week 12, but he allowed three sacks after week 13, I believe. So they both improved in different aspects. Both have a lot to work on, but I think those two guys going into the offseason, you have to feel some, you know, some positive feeling about both of them. At least they showed improvement during the season. They were able to learn on the job. And if, if you're looking at sink or swim, both were able to swim by the end of the season. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and let's talk about Raider Nation's favorite offensive lineman, Brandon Parker. Um, you talked about turnstile. Uh, there were times when Brandon Parker played well, and there were times when he really struggled. Um, but are, am I alone in thinking that Brandon Parker is what he is? I think he's a good swing backup lineman for somebody who can spot play for you when you need it. I think the expectation that this third-round draft pick was going to come in and somehow become a first-rounder was a little bit uh, fool's gold, but what do you think about what you saw from him last year? Is he still a guy that you would have confidence in as a backup, as a swing uh, tackle, for example, if you need a spot starter or somebody goes out with an injury? If you need a guy for a pinch, I'm fine. I'm okay with Brandon Park. I'm not all that confident because I think you have to understand too, and he was coming out of uh, North Carolina A&T, I believe. Yep. He was on the, he played on the left side for three years, so he wasn't accustomed to playing on the right side. And a lot of people 
forget that you just can't swap a tackle. Not all tackles are equipped to play on both sides of the line, even though it's ideal that you you can. I, I believe that's part of his struggles that he he's he was used to playing on the left side, so he had to get used to playing on the right side on the pro level. But I think as a, as a backup swing tackle, okay. I still think they can probably upgrade over him. They obviously feel like they can get more than the previous coaching staff. They probably look at him as he was a third round pick. Let, let's see what we can do. I know what the last coaching staff did, but let's see if we can do something different and possibly get more out of him. Yeah, no question. And 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 I think that's what you have to have. Remember, look at look at certain players as depth pieces to your point. If you need somebody in a pinch, it's not somebody you want to play for six weeks hopefully. But if somebody's out for a week or if somebody's out for three series, you know, he's a guy I think who can play that role. And I think he's made improvements enough, but is he going to be consistent to be a starter? I don't think so either. Um, But when we look at this too, we look at uh, the the shift from Tom Cable's kind of zone blocking scheme to now what Josh McDaniels is going to do. And you mentioned earlier with some of these linemen, and and I got to say too, as a quick aside, I know a lot of you are out there saying you're talking about the offensive line, and you haven't mentioned one name yet, right? <laughs> and that's Alex Leatherwood. We're going to do an entire segment on Alex Leatherwood after our next break, so don't go anywhere with that. We'll get way into that. But with Tom Cable gone, that zone-blocking scheme gone, you get in Josh McDaniels' uh, system, you wrote a piece up on Knot about a player you think is going to benefit from that. But on that offensive line, who benefits the most from the scheme switch? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I think it's Jermaine Illuminar. And I just mentioned he was benched last year after they moved, that the previous staff moved Alex Leatherwood over to right guard. I feel like Jermaine Illuminar could have been decent there. Uh, they had a different, Tom Cape obviously had a different plan. But I think he's going to benefit only because he has the Patriots ties. He's played right guard and right tackle, uh, mostly right tackle under Josh McDaniels. I'll get into that a little more later. But I believe he's a guy that could steal a starting spot. Not a lot of people are talking about him because, of course, the focus is on Leatherwood. But Mm. I think Luminar can actually steal a starting spot. Actually, I shouldn't say steal, but win a starting spot in training camp. Yeah, at at right guard, I know. I mean, it's it's early camp as it started. They have him listed uh, at number one in the depth chart so far uh, at that position at right guard. Uh, but to your point uh, in the draft, now the Raiders, the one thing that people have been kind of critical of the Raiders draft. And I say that from a, from an NFL analysis analysis perspective is the, the lack of work they did on the offensive line. Uh, but they did go get Dylan Parham that you talked about uh, that, that will compete at right guard. When you look at, at what they did, they went going out and getting Parham uh, and filling in some spots, even uh, perhaps a guy who can maybe make the team in Tyrone Wheatley Jr. Uh, What did you see that they did here outside of uh, kind of what we talked about already that, that gives you some hope or a guy that might be able to play his way onto the roster? Raiders fans might throw tomatoes at me for this take, but <laughs> I, I'll say this. The Raiders did sign a guy, Alex Barris, who played in Chicago. Uh, yes. He played, he played every position, mostly on the interior with the Bears, but he's only 26 years old. He is part of the reason I think Denzel Good could be expendable, and they may release mm. Denzel Good and save $3.7 million. 
Because a lot of people say, well, Denzel good, even if he doesn't start, he can play multiple positions. But you got a younger offensive lineman, Alex Barnes, who could do the same thing. And if Denzel Good is not the same after tearing his ACL, remember, he's 31 years old. I know that's that's young in the real world, but in the NFL world, that's you're pretty much, you know, a grandpa. I would say grandpa, <laughs> but you're up there. What am so, I? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, I mean, he's the elder statesman there. And at 31 years old, coming off of a torn ACL, you can't assume that Denzel Good is going to be the same versatile player that he was before the injury. So if he's not the same coming off, coming off that knee injury, I think Alex Barros could sneak in and grab a roster spot and be that versatile piece on the offensive line that you use to just plug in for injuries. Yeah, and he, like you said, he plays on that left side too, uh, where John, John Simpson, who you said was one of the most improved players, was at, at as well. And then a guy I really like, and, 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 and even I forget about him, but every training camp, the last two training camps, I think he's been a monster, and then it just seems like it doesn't translate, and that is Lester Cotton Sr. Like So Lester Cotton comes out, plays really well in camp. Does he play into that mix? Could they move him sides? I mean, he's a left-side guy too. You must have read my notes, Scott, because I have Lester Cotton Sr. as a guy that I'm looking at because he actually took first-team reps during the spring because Denzel Good was out, so he's able to take advantage, and they were able to take a longer look at him. As you mentioned, he just hasn't able to translate it to make the roster. He's been on and off the practice squad the last three years since 2019 out of Alabama. But he's a guy I would look at to say maybe he doesn't start, but maybe he's your backup. He's your primary back guard, especially if Denzel Good does not make the roster. And even if, even if Denzel Good makes the roster, I think Lester Cotton Sr. can sneak on. Let's say if Mumford, their seventh-round pick, doesn't make and he's stashed, maybe Lester Cotton moves up from the practice squad to a backup position. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Uh, and what about you, strange things? There's not a ton of trades that happen in camp, uh, but guys get released sometimes early. Will the Raiders, do you think, be active? I mean, I know it's kind of a loaded question because until they get in camp and, and they actually get to camp uh, a week and in some cases two weeks earlier than some other teams. So they're going to get a little bit of a jump on it. Uh, and and when you look at what they might do, are they going to have an opportunity to maybe pick somebody off the street? And I don't mean you know, dead meat off the street. I mean, somebody who might be able to help them with depth. And do you expect them to? I expect them to make at least one move. And I just hope it's Daryl Williams. who I've been pounding the table for, for it seems like months now. It has been, <laughs> but uh, he's still available out there. And maybe he has some offers on the table. Maybe he's weighing his options, but he, he mostly played right tackle with the Panthers and the bills can play right guard. But I think he's the guy you bring in regardless of what happens in your offensive line. I don't think you just turn down a quality offensive lineman. Now, unless he just doesn't fit what they're looking for, I think you sign him because I think he's the best available offensive lineman. Now, if they don't feel great with uh, Andre James, maybe Treader comes in. Eric Flowers is a guard who, who turned his career around. He was a, he was a he bad left tackle for the Giants, and he's a pretty decent left guard now. He's another guy to bring in. Bobby Mass is another guy, former Cardinals, Bears, Broncos, right tackle. I think he's someone that you take a look at. But really quick, before we transition, I just want to make a quick note because people are going to scream at me if I don't say this. I hope I say his name right. I hope I'm not butchering it. But Bam Iladeli, Olaseni. Olaseni, yes. Olaseni, there you go. Six foot nine, 370 pound, 275 pound tackle out of Utah. One year started there with the Utes. A lot of, a lot of fans like him. Uh, he's, a, as I just mentioned, massive tackle, but he's a 26 year old rookie. Uh, has some flexibility limitations, maybe lower body, a little stiff, but he's a guy that you look at. Maybe he's a project at right tackle. You bring him in if he makes the roster on the back end or if he's a stash, he's someone to look at. 
Well, and everyone knows the name Tyrone Wheatley, and this is Tyrone Wheatley Jr. What do you see from him? I think obviously a long shot uh, to, to make the squad, but anything there that gives you any kind of uh, a glimmer of hope? Not not really. I mean, there's nothing really that sticks out to me about him. As I just mentioned, Bam with his size, at least you could look at Bam and say, okay, not to say that he's Trent Brown, but let's just remember <laughs> Trent Brown was a seventh round pick coming out. Right. And and he's he's made himself into a starter and on a pro level. So why why not Bam, who's a six nine mammoth beast out there? And I think I think between him and Tyrone Wheatley, if you're looking at those two guys, at least I can say, okay, this guy we can he's a piece of clay, we can mold him into a quality player, backup or starter. Now, Mo, before we uh, go to our next break and then make it all about Alex Leather, where we're getting out the massive Mostradamus. By the way, for those of you who are new to the podcast, we call Mo, Mo predicts a lot of things, so we call him Mostradamus, like Nostradamus. But we get out his microscope, and we're going to look at Alex Leatherwood after the break. Uh, one closing note. So Andre James, we talked about last year. He really struggled early on. Uh, and then he got kind of into his rhythm. I think he still got some, uh, you talk about flexibility and, and footwork, especially. Uh, what do you see from him coming out of that late season run where the Raiders made the playoffs uh, and say, okay, he's doing well here, but there's got to be improvement. Uh, he may have to hit the weight room. As far as gaining weight, a lot of people say he's got to gain some weight. That's not it. Uh, you can, you can get stronger without gaining weight. And I think that's what he has to work on is his, is his strength. Because when he's facing those bull rushing interior defensive linemen, when he's got to play the upper echelon of that position, you got to see Chris Jones twice a year. Yeah. Uh, you, you got to get stronger. And he had, he cannot allow interior pressure because as Mike Mayock said years ago, quarterbacks hate interior pressure when it comes right up in their face. So he's got to be able to get strong so he can handle guys like Chris Jones or DeForest Buckner or whoever may come in Aaron Donald this year if they you know when they play the Rams he's got to be able to handle those guys in the interior because they'll they'll mow him over if, they, if he doesn't get a little stronger. No question. All right, we are going to step aside for a moment and hear some words, and when we come back, we're going to talk Alex Leatherwood. Is he the key, the X factor, whatever you want to call it, for the Raiders to be successful on offense? in 2022 you're listening to the silver and black today podcast and odyssey original don't go anywhere 